the college football experience, Appalachian State Mountaineers 2023 season preview episode on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks, brought to you by Edge Boost. Yes, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to Sports Gambling Podcast dot com slash edge boost to get started today. Uh, once again, that is sports gambling podcast.com slash edge boost to get started today. And remember as always folks to let it ride. Hey, this is Eric Metcalf. You're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Episode. Oh man, it is a, one of my favorite schools to talk about. If you're watching on YouTube, once again, subscribe youtube.com slash the college experience. As we break down all 133 college football teams with the solo podcast, we do this each and every year. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I got this sweet Appalachian state sweatshirt that I'm rocking right now. Love Boone, North Carolina. I got married right around there. Uh, look, and perhaps you're wondering just who the hell you're listening to. My name is Colby Swing and Database Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Uh, would have killed a normal man, but uh, now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was, was like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. And you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Ah, <laughs> yes. I love talking App State football. Hell yeah. You know, Kid Brewer Stadium. And I am joined by a guy. He's a huge App State fan. He was such an App State fan back in 2005. He told me to watch out. They're going to give the Michigan Wolverines a game. And I said, bogus. But no, he was right. Give it up for my co host. Uh, they call him the DFS God, and we invite you to come play college football DFS with us all year long. Uh, give it up for the rooftop by PA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lack giving farmer, farmer, her basketball league MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's up, man? App State football. I love it. You're wearing the App State hat once again. If you're watching on YouTube, folks, I mean, look, Appalachian State is—I love this program. I love this program, and uh, we love the Sun Belt. But it's, you know, I think App State—we're probably going to an App State game this year. We'll get to it when we when we go game by game on the schedule. But man, uh, App State coming off of a six and six season, buddy—that's um, not 
like them. They haven't had a losing season in, in quite some time. Uh, now they didn't have, a, I mean, technically, I guess they didn't have a losing season a year ago, but uh, they've never had a losing season as an FBS team. And that goes back to 2014. There you go. When they jumped over from the FCS to the FBS. And you go a little bit further. So that their last losing season was 2013, their last year in the FCS. But you have to go all the way back to 1993 to find their next losing season. So, yeah, I mean, six and six was not a losing year, but that doesn't cut it in Boone. It was a very disappointing season. The amount of talent on that team, there's no way they should have lost to the likes of, I don't know, say Texas State or you could argue Georgia Southern or coastal, you know, especially that Texas state game. That's the one that really stood out. Yeah. But, but you, go but, ahead. Am I jumping ahead? No, 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 no. I'm just saying like, uh, I mean, look, app state three-time national champion, rich history, Jerry Moore, John settle. You can go on and on and on, but you look at last year and I think, I think, yes, it, you know, Sean Clark, maybe the seat is a tiny bit hot, but they lost five of their six games by one score or less. I mean, when you add in that Texas state game, I know they were just six and six, but they were 33 points away from being undefeated. They were two and five in games decided by a touchdown or less. Sometimes that's just bad luck. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that North Carolina game, remember they went for two. They had the guy wide open. They miss him. Chase Bryce misses them. And you know, they probably should have won that thing. Um, then you know, you had some other tough breaks, the Georgia Southern game, but yeah. <laughs> well, but. I mean, th- their first four games of the season last year was uh, a, just a wild, wild roller coaster. You started with that North Carolina game. They lost 63 to 61. I mean, they was right there for the taking. It was a fantastic game. They they had uh, how many fourth quarter points did they have again? 42, I, know, I think it was 40. It was something yeah. like insane. Then they go off, they, they lose that. Then they beat Texas A&M on the road. Then they beat Troy on a lucky ass Hail Mary. So chalk yeah. that one up as good fortune. And then a game I was at, they lost to James Madison when they were up, I think, by I think 20 points yeah. or so. Yeah, JMU they, comes back. So, you know, really, I mean, if you look at the, the Texas AM and Troy wins, those were good, weeks two and three. The the wins for the rest of the season, Citadel, Georgia State, Robert Morris, Old Dominion. Yeah. Every yeah. tough game after that first, you know, quadrant of games. They lost. They might have lost close, but they lost. And they were an experienced team, probably more talented than a lot of those other teams. So they shouldn't have lost them. True. And they had college game day come for that Troy game, the Hail Mary. What an ending. Remember, that was the week before that that when they upset AM, that they were storming the streets of Boone. It was absolutely fantastic. And App State has earned this, you know, they're kind of like Boise State of the East Coast. They've beaten obviously Michigan at Michigan, South Carolina at South Carolina, A and M at A and M, and they can't, they should have beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Uh, they beat UNC at UNC. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they beat ECU in Charlotte a couple of years ago. Hey, I, you 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 sandbagging son of a gun. But no, uh, look, the Miami needed a field goal to beat them in Miami. Took them, were, uh, took Penn, Penn State to overtime. Yeah, Penn State in, to in overtime. Valley. Tennessee to overtime. 
I think Wake uh, got extremely lucky against them too in, in a close one. They just uh, they're they're kind of like Boise of the East Coast. Now we're gonna talk all about it, but I gotta get us paid first. I want to tell you that the Appalachian State 2023 season preview episodes brought to you by Edge Boost. Yes, Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures, but you know, without tying up your bankroll for months, yeah, I don't know, double down on a bet. You like maybe create an awesome middle or even hedge. I know that's disgusting. I don't, I don't, uh, we don't recommend that here, but look, I don't know. Look, edge boost is also, you know, they're, they're quality. They're not some sleazy loan shark. They're going to charge you 0% interest. All right. Zero. I mean, I don't know that I've heard of any other place that that's going to do something that awesome. All right. Edge boost can, can, you know, lead the way with responsible gambling, North Carolina, just legalized gambling. I saw today, right? Finally. Thank you. Yes. Jeez. So edge boost, you know, can, can help you have a responsible gambling gambling plan. As you set up weekly, monthly, uh, you know, whatever daily, uh, limits across all your betting accounts. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to uh, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem with gambling call 1-800 gambler. All right. We are back on the college football experience. And we're going to touch base. One of the things you got to do is uh, if you're not talking army, air force, or Navy is you got to highlight the transfer portal, which we're about to do. But before we do that, uh, I want to note that they have a new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. So Sean, do you think Sean Clark is a big year for him? Or do you think they're just okay, That's an understatement. Okay. I mean, this <laughs> is year four. His tenure started off pretty good with a nine and three and a 10 and four year. But I mean, you can attribute most of those players to either Eli Drinkwitz or Scott Satterfield. Drinkwitz was only there for one year, went 13 and one. Uh, Satterfield was there for six years. His last year was a double digit win season. So yeah, the Sean Clark, you know, era started off well, but, but last year going six and six, now you're going into year four. I think, you know, usually they say everything should culminate in year four. So it is a absolutely huge season for him. And I mean, he's an app state guy. He played there. He's coached there. Uh, I think they'll be patient with him especially because they got kind of burned by Drinkwitz and Satterfield. Uh, but it, it, it's a huge year. They need to have a winning season to say the least. And they lost OC Kevin Barbe to Mississippi state and they relieved uh, their defensive coordinator uh, of their duties, but they, they went back to familiar guys. You look at Frank Ponce, the new OC and uh, the new DC Scott Sloan, both have affiliations with the university. So die, you know, keying in on that, that culture that app state's been, you know, built up with for, I feel like 40 years, you go back to the eighties, they were a good program. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. We're going to, we're going to touch base on that, but um, I just think uh, we got to mention the fact that uh, the transfer portal is just a crazy, crazy place in 2023. So let's highlight, I'm going to highlight what they lost. They lost linebacker Jalen McLeod to Auburn, which was, that's a big hit. That's yeah. a big hit right there. Um, he is gone. They lost uh, offensive lineman Troy Everett to the Oklahoma Sooners. That's a hit. That's a hit right there. There's uh, a reason why Auburn and and Oklahoma are you know come knocking. So these these guys can play. They were starters. You know they were very good for App State, and and they will be missed. Yeah, and I saw. I was surprised to see Brady McBride. Now he hasn't landed anywhere yet. 
I was surprised to see him. Remember him? Uh, uh, one time he was a Memphis Tiger quarterback, then went to Texas State, started some at Texas State. I assumed he was going to be the next in line after Chase Bryce because Chase Bryce graduated. He's in the CFL now. Um, Sounds like he got beat out by that redshirt freshman, Ryan Berger. So if he got beat out, given the fact that Brady McBride's been in college for about six years, I think this is his final year. I wasn't surprised to see him enter the portal. I guess he's going to try to find a landing spot where he might get some playing time. Yeah. Yeah. They also lost quarterback DC tab tab Scott to uh, the New Mexico Lobos. I don't think that's a huge hit for them. The other ones were pretty big hits. Uh, they also lost the cornerback Jonathan Streeter to the Campbell Camels and also defensive lineman Jamar Rux to Kennesaw State. This one hurts though. Kashawn uh, Brown, their linebacker to Marshall. Ouch! You're gonna be playing Marshall. These are rivals. What's going well, on? You know what's funny is that they got two guys from Marshall. Yeah. What's so, going uh, on in the world? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Christian Wells. I was surprised at this one. I remember Christian Wells being a decent wideout for the Mountaineers. He leaves for UMass. Yeah, it seemed like he kind of fell out of favor last year at some point because there was four receivers who all happened to return this year that had more catches than him. So he was he started to slide down that depth chart a little bit. So again, not not overly shocked that that he went elsewhere. Uh they also lost Luke Smith, a defensive lineman to East Tennessee State and uh what they gained was this though. Safety Jarrett Paul from the Kansas Jayhawks comes into App State. So he was with Lance Leipold. Uh they got defensive lineman Sean Collins from Rutgers with Greg Schiano. I like some of these FCS transfers they got. Uh Makai Jackson from St- from uh, St. Francis, I think is a guy keep an eye out for if you pay attention to FCS football. I think that was a good get. Uh, Michael Fletcher, who's a defensive end from Michigan State, is coming into uh, to app. Christian Ford, a wide receiver with uh, Mississippi State. Um, they traded an offensive coordinator, got a uh, wide out back. Um, <laughs> this is a big one here to me. Is Tyreek Funderburg? Yeah, uh, he was an he was an All CAA corner uh, with the Richmond Spiders. Uh, this guy's going to start, like I said, th- I think, I think he even st- st- either a two or three year starter. I'm trying to remember. I read an article about the guy, but I think that's a guy that's going to be starting. It's a big get for them. Uh, McQuell. Hey, yeah, yeah. He had 19 yeah. career starts at uh, Richmond. So two, yeah, two, two years, two years. Two years okay. starter, yep. yeah, and Richmond FCS playoff team. So, you know, they're, they're legit. Um, McQuell Haywood, I know that name because he was a running back at Navy. Uh, I think that's a, a, an interesting. And App State always has great running backs. I know I mentioned John Settle earlier, but I feel like uh, we can go on and on and on about the amount of good running backs we have seen at Appalachian State. Uh, Dietrich Harrington, uh, Darrington Evans. Yeah, I mean, you can go on. And on. Who was Marcus? Uh, who was the guy that went to La Tech? Transferred over to, to Skip Holtz and La Tech. Marcus, Marcus something, but he was a beast. Marcus Williams. Yeah, Marcus, Marcus Williams. Williams. He was a beast. Uh, you can go on and on and on about the amount of talent there, but Mark uh, McQuell Haywood coming in. Uh, we touched base on this Marshall. They went out and got Jack Murphy at offensive tackle from the Marshall Thundering Herd. They also got cornerback EJ Jackson from the Marshall Thundering Herd. I got no idea what's going on there. They're trading players left and right. Uh, this was a big one, I think. Here, Thornton Gentry. An offensive tackle from NC State. NC State's had a great program on the line of scrimmage lately, as far as building it up. 
Uh, so I think that's a nice get for them. They also got Logan Ridolph, uh, a offensive tackle from Missouri State, and Bobby Petrino. And then this one here, offensive lineman Griffin Scroggs from the Georgia Bulldogs, obviously won a national championship a year ago. To add to to, to get some of that depth, and then uh, defensive end Thomas Davis from the Miami Hurricanes. All in all, like if you had to grade the portal, I know we know McLeod and uh, we know. Everett were huge losses for app state, but, and, and you can make a case. Christian Wells could be too, but uh, what do you make of what uh, do you think they won the portal? Do you think it's kind of even, what do you think? I'd say it's a slight win. I, I think the first two guys that you mentioned losing those guys hurt, you know, Everett and McLeod. but I think they're, they're bringing in a lot of depth, especially on both lines. So overall, I like what they did. I think it's probably pretty standard for a, a, a G five school. You know, you're going to lose a couple of your best players to, to, to major conference teams. But I think as long as you can fill up your pipeline with some talent, some depth, then I think uh, overall I, I, I chalk it up as a win. It's not like they crushed it, but uh, I think they did well. Yeah. Yeah. I think they actually won it too slightly. Um, all right. App state's offense. Like I said, new OC and Frank Ponce, but last season they were a very good offense. Uh, 22nd in scoring offense, 21st in rush offense, 47th in pass offense a 26th in total offense. So basically a top 25 offense there. Uh, now the quarterback situation, Ryan Berger, you know, it's interesting. I think this is a very close battle from what I understand with Joey Aguilar and Ryan Berger. Aguilar is a transfer from Diablo Valley community college in California. I need to get out to catch some Diablo Valley games. <laughs> Tell um, me they're called the devils. <laughs> yeah, they gotta, they better be. Um, I, I, do you, do we know if it's burger starting or Aguilar? I, Cause I've, I've heard speculation that Aguilar might be starting. Yeah. So what I've heard was that I guess burger has a slight edge right now. Um, you know, the uh, head coach Clark said burger reminds him of Zach Thomas who was the quarterback before chase Bryce. So Berger can do a little bit more with his legs. Usually app state has had, you know, more of a running quarterback or at least a dual threat Armani yeah. Edwards, baby. Uh, yeah. for, certainly. Yeah, certainly. So that wasn't really chase Bryce. So uh, yeah, it sounds like um, they do like Aguilar as well, but I, I think it's going to be Berger would be my hunch. Interesting. Interesting. Cause I've seen it kind of neck and neck, but yeah, that, that, that would be interesting. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, they bring back Nate Noel. Who's an absolute beast. One of I think one of the most underrated running backs in college football. And they also have Omani Marshall, who's a wake forest transfer. And then like I alluded to, you have the, the Navy transfer with uh, Haywood. I think the backfield is still going to, I get it. Cameron peoples, Dietrich Harrington gone. Those guys are beast. Um, it, but it's still loaded. I mean, you didn't even mention uh, Kanye Roberts or, or uh, Anderson castle. They go four or five deep here. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're absolutely loaded. Running back, you. This is like the poor man's running back. You. You have Georgia and, and Auburn as like that, and then it's like, man, App State just keeps guys. Noel is such a beast. I played him a lot in DFS. Uh, three of five back on the offensive line. Now I know you know you lost first team all, all uh, Sun Belt offensive lineman Cooper Hodges a year ago, and that hurts. But I think you know they were active in the portal, bringing in some of those guys. And then you're still bringing back three of five led by Bucky Williams, not Buck Williams, the old power forward for the uh, New Jersey nets and uh, Portland trailblazers, but Bucky Williams, baby, get it right. Uh, Isaiah Helms, uh, who's a stud and Damian Daly. So a little concerning that you have two new tackles. You're bringing yeah, you in. never like yeah. to see losing both bookends, you know, both tackles, uh, but I, 
I think they'll be fine. I mean, it's, it's always, you always have to wait and see how some of the transfers come in, but they were active in the portal addressing their needs up front here. So I think they can, you know, I think their line was solid last year. I think it'll be solid again. Maybe not, you know, top three or four in the Sun Belt, but but certainly not towards the bottom either. So um, remains to be seen. I like I said, you don't like to lose both tackles, but I think they'll be okay here. Yeah, and then wide receivers, like I said, they're only bringing back Christian Horn. I mean, tight end breaking in a new tight end, sort of, you know, sort of. Miller Gibbs did start five games last year, so I don't know. I I would say that's pretty much a returning starter. Uh, Christian Horn at the wide receiver spot. Uh, you know, I know they have what Kalen Robinson who came in from, uh, from UCF, I believe it was uh, yeah, from a couple years ago. years ago. I think that was a good get. I think they will be fine there. Um, one thing I, you know, I guess <laughs> this stat has probably become less and less important as the transfer portal has continued to, to just ch- revolutionize the sport. Um, but Appalachia, if you looked at loss production by, by teams, you know, in this is according to Bill Connolly of ESPN, but uh, the team that lost the most production was Kent state. Now this was prior to Colorado's just gigantic shift. So I would imagine Kent state <laughs> and Colorado would be, would be number one. Um, Georgia state is number two uh, would be number two or th- however you look at that two or three. And then Appalachian state would be after that. So they are having major roster turnover and coordinator turnover. That's a little concerning, but like I said, back in the day, this would be like a red flag, but the way the transfer portal is these days, I don't know that we can put as much stock into it as we used to. Um, well, I, I mean, in general, when you, you see a team at six and six and they're ranked number 120 on Phil Steele's experience chart, usually that doesn't paint too rosy of a picture for the coming season. But, and I know we haven't even talked about defense yet and we'll get there. The offense does bring back, I think seven starters where the defense only four, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's as bad as, as it might look on paper when you just look at returning starters or returning production and let's face it, you know, last year they did not live up to their standards. So maybe some new blood is a good thing, both on the staff and on uh, the roster on the uh, starting lineup. Yeah. And like I said, though, like they're almost an anomaly. Cause I look at and see 26 in total, in total offense, a top 40 defense. And you're like, wait, how, how the hell were you six and six? You know what I mean? Like um, doesn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes you're just unlucky or, or what, for whatever reason. Um, so yeah, maybe you're right there defensively. Let's talk about it and shout out to Phil Steele. We'll have Phil on the, uh, on the show in the, you know, every summer we get Phil on, he's a great guy. So uh, check out his magazine that just hit the shelves. Um, defensive scoring. Uh, the app state was 66th in, in all the land uh, rush defense, 33rd pass defense, 52nd total defense, 36. Like I just alluded to. This I don't even understand why you like. I get it. They they changed philosophies or they went to a different coach. I don't know what the problem was. They weren't winning as many games as they traditionally do. But if you look at the numbers, that was a good defense. <laughs> you know, like that's not a bad defense. They got four starters back on this defense. Well, depending on how you look at it, you could say five. One of three back on the D line. That is something to monitor. DeAndre Dingle. Uh, Prince, the only uh, guy back on the defensive line, linebacking core. You got Andrew Parker back. Now this is interesting because you have Brendan Harrington, 
who, who was a starter coming into the season last year, but after week one got injured. So in a way you're bringing back two of three, uh, you got Nick Ross. I see that. So they run a three, four. So it's they yeah so it's, yeah it's, that's uh, it one of three I'm at, yeah, yeah so technically two of four if you count that one as a starter my bad um, Nick Ross is the lone uh, returner in the secondary but like I said they went out and get Tyler F- or Tyreek Funderburk from Richmond who I think will be a big big name there uh, concerning a little bit because lack of experience what do you make of the defensive side of the ball with Scott Sloan coming in. Again, I think it was critical that they addressed up front the D line in the portal and guys coming in from Rutgers, from Miami and Michigan State should do that. So yeah, losing two of three up front is is never ideal either. But I think again they'll be okay there. And I think the secondary is gonna be the best unit on this defense. Uh and if they can shut the pass down, get a little bit more pressure than last year, I think they'll be okay. But uh, it's you know only four starters return, so there's going to be a lot of new faces and uh, and a new defense coordinator as well. So a lot of question marks with the defense. Yeah, and kicker Michael Hughes is back, but they are breaking in a new punter. This is something to note, though. Milan Tucker is back. He is a kick returner slash punt returner for Appalachia. He's one of the best in the nation. I've so I've seen people speculate that he might be All American. Uh, so, you know uh, that that. See, you would think maybe they get him involved in the offense too. Yeah. Someone that explosive, but overall uh, it's going to be an interesting year to, to, to watch app state football. Now um, before we get to going game by game on the schedule here, because if you're watching on YouTube, shout out to cam Kerr with this sweet graphic. He's a Texas a and M guy, by the way, we can make fun of him because app state went down there and beat the tar (laughs) out of him. But uh, uh, yeah, you'll see the win total at six and a half. So we are about to, to, to go game by game on the schedule. Like we do each and every year for every single team in the FBS subscribe to the college football experience, tell a friend. But before we do all that, I want to tell you that the Appalachian state 2023 season preview on the college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Best ball mania is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Holy shit, that's a lot of money. Uh, plus, they got plenty of ways to win with their player prop parlays. And when college football season hits, these are a ton of fun. But right now, obviously, it's summer. So you got MLB, I guess you got a, the end of NHL and NBA, but MLB rolling. Uh, check out the, the parlay player props, they're fantastic. So head over to underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code SGPN for 100, 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Once again, underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, man. I look at the schedule and I know we're already making plans to go to a game, not in Boone though, but uh, man, I love this schedule. When I look at it from, from just the teams, uh, non-con is very fun to me. Um, the win total six and a half, as I alluded to Nick blindly without looking at the schedule, I say lock up the over. Because of course, I, come on. Last yeah. year was an aberration. This is app state. They're used to winning you know, damn near double digit games a year. So I think six and a half, maybe a little bit over reaction just because people are seeing that six and six record from last year and they're seeing a kind of a lack of experience. So yeah, initial reaction would definitely be the over. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look, especially when I consider the bad luck rating that they had a year ago, not many teams go two and five in one score games. You know what I mean? Like you look at that and you, you know that yes. Okay. 
you know, this, this team found ways to lose games, but also some of that was, was just bad luck. And, and uh, you would think that just two, maybe two of those wins and then there'd be a seven and five team. So uh, week one, man, I'd love the schedule. I love this schedule. They, they are hosting Gardner Webb. Shout out to Eddie Lee Wilkes. All right. Uh, that's the, the former New York Nick that I can remember from Gardner Webb, but uh, NC Nick don't look now the running bulldogs. They're an FCS playoff team a year ago. <laughs> now, now granted they lost by 40 to William and Mary in the FCS playoffs in the second round though, they beat Eastern Kentucky who did beat an FBS school a year ago in the first round. Uh, I'll put it like this. Gardner Webb played Liberty last year at the flame and libs and Hugh strip club freeze, right? You know, Liberty won 21 to 20. Watch out. Uh, Gardner <laughs> Gardner Webb also played at Brooks Stadium against Coastal Carolina last year, week two. You know what that score was? Coastal Carolina thirty-one, Gardner Webb twenty-seven. Watch out is my point. Uh, Maybe a little bit of a trickier game than than you think. Now, App State did play two FCS opponents last year. Uh, why was that again? It was because the, the they were, they were Marshall was going to be a, an out yeah. of conference game, but when they joined the Sun Belt, it turned into a conference game, which left a hole they needed to quickly fill. Uh, and those, t- those teams were not as good as Gardner Webb, but they beat the Citadel 49, nothing. They beat Robert Morris 42 to three. True. Uh, but both think, those, I mean, this Gardner Webb's a lot better than those teams. Yeah. 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 But I still think App State at home, they get it done here. I agree, but I, I love the regionality of the, like their schedule for the most part. Then they other go, than Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. That's regional. what I'm saying. And, and we'll get that. I, I love that matchup personally. Yes. Uh, uh, so I got them one and oh two. Then they head to Keenan Memorial Stadium. It's a wine and cheese crowd, but not not on Saturday, September 9th, because I'm counting on some folks from Boone getting down there, having themselves some whiskeys, uh, and enjoying uh look, the last time they won at North or they they played at North Carolina, they won. I know That's last right. year's game was an arena football game, and North Carolina got the best out of them. Obviously, Drake May, uh Heisman candidate and potentially the top pick in the NFL draft. I still think that's a game. I think that's anyone's game. I think it's a 50 50 spot to to tell you the truth. Look at North Carolina. They lose Phil Longo on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Will they have regression on the offensive side of the ball, despite having Drake may potentially we've seen that before. Tyler Van Dyke was one that everyone was saying would be a top 10 pick last year. He struggles with Mario Cristobal. So uh, I think it's anyone's game. I think it's 50 50, but if we're being fair, I think you lean home team, but I think yeah, it's a uh, one point spread, two point spread. What do you think? Well, unfortunately, you're going to have a new quarterback making his first ever road trip, and you're going to have a very inexperienced defense who I think they will get better as the season progresses. But early on, especially against a tough offense, I hate saying this. I'll be rooting for App State, but I think you have to give UNC the edge here, especially with just a, a young team, an inexperienced team only in. In, in week two with their first ever road trip. You know what? The UNC's run defense was horrible last year. Yeah. Maybe. You know what? Give me give me an upset special. I like it. Give me an upset special. I know App what State, you're doing here though. App your state goes into boot. <laughs> you're picking app to win this game, so you have them losing the next one. I do. Uh, look, next game Saturday, September September sixteenth. And I you know, some of our fans are wondering, I, I know I've gotten hit up. Colby, you go into this game. 
Unfortunately, I don't think I am, but I, I don't know why. Cause I'm going to the, uh, <laughs> the next game, but um, kid brewer stadium, Boone, North Carolina, Saturday, September 16th, the East Carolina pirates come in. Now what's funny is I mentioned the returning production earlier as uh, app state as the 130th out of 133 teams. Well, 129th is East Carolina. So they they're kind of mirror images. I know East Carolina has Mason Garcia, their biggest recruit ever, but they come into Kid Brewer. It's a tricky place to play. I'm ex- you know, ECU got destroyed in the transfer portal. Um it's going to be anyone's game, but at the same time, ECU's got that Charlotte game from a few years ago on their mind. All right. I uh, think, 33, 19. Yeah, yeah. That was the final score of that one. I got ECU uh, 35 app state 31 and uh, they get it done, but this is anyone's no, game. This no, is anyone's sir. game. You are incorrect. Granted, this is not ECU's first road trip with a very, another very inexperienced squad. You guys do play at Michigan week one. But uh, you got to start the season off with a grind. I mean, at Michigan, home to Marshall, and then at App State. That those, those young pirates are not going to be ready to come to the mountains. I don't usually. I don't see pirates in the mountains usually. Okay, <laughs> stay on the coast. You don't belong here, and you're not going to win in Boone. App State takes care of business. Goes to two and one. Uh, well, I got him two and one, but uh, so we we agree there. But no, ECU upset special or reminds the state of North Carolina that they are the top dogs. All right. <laughs> all right. Short, uh, you know, over, over history. No, I mean, I love this game, man. I'll be honest. It's a fun game. Yeah. I don't I, even you know, get upset when ECU loses to app state. Cause I love app state. Charlotte was, was a fun game too, but on campus is always better. And uh, I would imagine they play at ECU in the coming seasons to return the favor, but uh, it, it is a great game. Great battle of two North Carolina football programs. I love it. Um, then you have, man, this is where it gets tricky. Um, they head to Laramie to take on the Wyoming Cowboys. Um, we're going to be at this game because we love Wyoming's program and we love, uh, we love, you know, the app state program. It's just a game. We lobbied this on an episode earlier this year where we said the mountain West and the Sun Belt should have a uh, a, a deal to play each other the top, you know, the whole conference should go a there. Challenge. Vice versa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, this, you know, here's one, one thing I want to note. This is, I think one of the most underrated home environments as far as tough away games. I was talking about this recently. I don't know who I was talking to it, but you know, Missouri went out there and got beat down last time they played out there. Uh, UCLA went out there and got beat down the last time they played out there. Virginia, when Virginia was good, like back when they had Chris Long and stuff, they went out there and they got beat down. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I think maybe AM, maybe like uh, early 2000s took an L there. It is a sneaky, it's the highest play elevation to play a football game in America. Um, it is a sneaky, sneaky, tough place to go, is Lar- Laramie. It's really loud. I kind of think App State's the better roster, but I'm I'm scared of that uh, that that environment. I think Texas Tech's on upset watch when they go to Laramie in Week One. What are you doing here, man? 
Well, at least the elevation shouldn't affect them too much because they're used to that from being in a, you know a, a mountain setting themselves. But uh, it, it is a, another tough road trip for a young team, and uh, I mean college football home field matters tremendously in in, in all college sports, college football and college basketball. So I, I'm going to give the edge to the Wyoming Cowboys and say I would say App State's two and two, and, and at this point, the pressure is ratcheting up a little bit on Sean Clark, dude. I actually think App State's got to worry about the elevation because they're at thirty three hundred uh, feet. Uh, th- actually, thirty like thirty two and change, almost thirty three hundred is Boone. Laramie is more than double that. <laughs> yeah, that tells you that those Rocky <laughs> Mountains are they they they, they definitely dwarf the uh, East Coast Mountains. <laughs> Seventy two hundred feet is that? That's wild. Uh, yeah, I mean this. That's why it's a tough place. Even if even if they have experience in the mountains, you're going to the top of the mountain here. I I, I think this is anyone's game, but I I give a slight edge to Wyoming. So yeah, I, agree. I got them at two and two. I know these man. We have all these App State you know friends of ours. When we visit Boone, they're going to be like, man, fuck these guys. Um, Don't worry, the winds are coming. The schedule is kind of hard out the gates, especially for a young team. The winds are coming. Back to back away. And uh, they lost ULM lost uh, Chandler Rogers. He's now starting, I believe, or he's penciled in to be the starter at uh, Marshall. But um, so they head to Malone Stadium in Monroe, Louisiana, to take on ULM. They need to win this game. All right, like this Certainly. is a this is one you got to take. It's Terry Bowden. I feel like he's a decent coach, and I feel like it's a sneaky spot because the back to back to away after playing Wyoming. Uh, I'm, I'm taking App State to win this game, but this is one that I, I really need them to win. I think it's a sneaky spot if they upset Wyoming and, and then have that second road game. But I think if they lose close, I think they'll be hungry for a win. The all time series is six to one in App's favor. The games really haven't been too close, uh, regardless of where they're at. I mean, they we have, went to this in, game before. <laughs> that's right. We went to the yeah. game in 2019 where it was 52 to seven. Uh, that was Sean Clark's first season, so I think they they can take down the Warhawks without too much without uh, too many problems. Uh, so that would put me at uh, three and two. You at three and two same, as well, right? Same here. They get a bye week before a Tuesday night Kid Brewer Stadium, and I know shout out to a college football campus tour, aka Michael Barker, because I believe he's planning on going to this one at Kid Brewer, where Coastal Carolina comes into Boone. NC Nick, any chance you're gonna uh, take a Tuesday off to go up to Boone? Well, I mean, it's funny because Michael Barker and myself were at this game last year in Conway. It not not like we went together, but I did bump into him there. Uh, so this was a fun game in Conway on a Thursday night. I think it was a Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday night last year. Uh, and, but in Boone, you have to favor app state. The, uh, the beach chickens have never won in the mountains. <laughs> the series is seven to two. And the two, um, Chanticleer wins were, were, were both in Conway last year and in 2020. So, uh, I, I love this matchup. It's always a fun game every year. It's coming in It's is build. The rivalry is building. And I think app state at home after a couple road trips, they get the W here. I agree. Four and two, four and two. Uh, then they head to Old Dominion. Old Dominion, I don't know what's going there. Remember last year they fired the OC, like or no, the OC quits, resigns like a week before the season. Yeah, yeah. They had, a, they had a terrible year, and I feel like a lot of their talent, Jennings, their star wideout, goes to Virginia Tech. They just lost a lot of their talent. A couple of Colorado guys, uh, Colorado Dion st- took their best two defensive linemen. 
I, I don't know what's happening with Ricky Ronnie in, in uh, Norfolk. So I, I got app state going into Norfolk at SB Ballard stadium and winning this one. You Yep, same here. I mean, last year they won 27, 14 at home. It's kind of a low scoring game. I, that ODU offense was really stalling out uh, as FBS opponents. App state has a three, nothing lead in the series. And uh, I think at this point, you know, app state is improving. They're starting to build some momentum and they get uh, their first second road win of the season. Yeah. And then uh, homecoming Saturday, October 28th for Southern miss. This game's tricky to me. I'm, I'm taking Appalachian state, but I do believe Southern miss is on their way up. I think this is a sneakier game. If you're just looking back at last year's record or recent, you know, past three or four years, Will Hall, who was responsible for some of that turnaround at Tulane, uh, I thought they made a step forward last year, and I look for them to make another step forward this year. So I think this game's sneakier, and it's sneakier also because Marshall, a rivalry game, is on deck. Both are at Kid Brewer. <sighs> I'll take him to go two and zero. I'll take him to go two and zero there. But it's yeah. I, if I'm going to cheat and say, I think I actually think they lose one of these home games. I think Southern miss and Marshall are both very solid football programs. Uh, talent level is dispersed pretty equally between all three teams. I think App state loses one of these. And I'm, if I, if I guess I'm going to say they lose the Southern miss and then they exact revenge on the thundering herd the week after that, that puts me at uh, what? Six and three for I the got year. Him. I, so got far. At, I got him at seven and two, right? Okay. But I think so. This is the tricky one. Sean Elliott has been the head coach at Georgia State. He's in a critical year for him there at Georgia State. He is a long time people in Boone know him. He's an App State guy, coached under Jerry Moore, I think played under Jerry Moore if memory serves me correct. Let's say they have a down year. And I think he might get the best of his his former team as he said out of here. Georgia off. State Georgia State has never beaten App State. App owns Georgia State, and and look at let's look at the scores even in Atlanta, uh, 37 31-10, 37-3. App State's not losing to Georgia State. <laughs> uh, look, they beat. They, they have they ever followed it? Like the Marshall game is a rivalry game. I have them one more win than you. This is not the anymore. upset. <laughs> Sean Elliott pulls it off. And they're seven and three. I have okay. I'm at seven and three too. So the over's already cash, folks. Then they head to Bridgeforth Connect Stadium in Harrisonburg, Virginia, to take on JMU. Man, I got them upsetting the Dukes. I got this as a revenge well, game. This game's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, this is a second back-to-back uh, -back away game. So they had uh, Wyoming, UL Monroe. Then now Georgia State, James Madison. It's always tougher when the tougher team is the second of the yeah. back-to-back -back games. I actually have them dropping this to JMU. I hate to say it, seven and four. I got them winning this, eight and three, buddy. Then they host the Georgia Southern Eagles and Clay Helton. And look, last year's this is a rivalry game. Last year's game was wild. Not going to happen. Overtime, dude. They're beating Georgia Southern this year. Totally agree. I got it at eight and four. Sounds like you're nine and three. Nine and three, perhaps. Wow. Like, and I maybe Southern Miss gets it. Maybe you're right there, but I think eight and four, nine and three is where they reside. Give me the over, and I think this is lock potential, buddy. You? 
Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely expect a rebound from app state. And if you look about it, at it, if they go, if they win eight to nine games, that's, you know, solidifies Sean Clark going into year five. And let me tell you out of all their starters this year, only three of them are seniors. So if they get this group experience, have a good year next year could be a great year. You also got to like, and here's part of the reason why I think you got to bet a substantial amount of money on the over. They don't draw Troy. They don't draw South Alabama, right? And then you look at the other questions within the conference. Uh, Coastal Carolina is replacing their head coach. Yes, they still have Grayson McCall, but they're replacing the head coach. Uh, Old Dominion seems to be a fire sale, like I alluded to. Marshall lost their starting quarterback, Henry Columbi. Can they can they fill that void? They also get Marshall in Kid Brewer. Uh, then you have Georgia State. There's a chance that Sean Elliott might not even be. He, he could get fired before that. But it's November 11th. They could pull the plug on him. Uh, so you like where that game is scheduled. And then James Madison. They did lose their quarterback uh, from a season ago. So As did Georgia Southern. Yeah. So I I do and, and I know App State lost their quarterback as well. You could say that, but I I see vulnerability in the fact that they get a lot of their tougher games that they lost a year ago, Georgia Southern and Marshall. And then I know, I know they didn't lose a Southern Miss a year ago, but those Southern Miss in that mix and coastal all in kid brewer, huge advantage within the conference, the road trips, Malone stadium, ULM, not very good at ODU, not very good at Georgia state. They were not very good a year ago. And at JMU, JMU is the only team within the conference on the road with a winning record from a year ago. That is why you should take the over on app state. Lock it up. I'm on I, board. Let's do it. I am feeling good. Uh, look, I got Michael Barker here. I recorded a little interview with old Michael Barker. Let's go to that before we get out of here. Uh, but yes, college football campus tour. He bet he might be known, you know, as more, but I know him as Michael Barker in this, this guy's been to every college, uh, at every college football stadium in, in all the FBS and a lot of the FCS uh, stadiums as well. So welcome on Michael Barker. All right. I am joined by college football campus tour. You should know that name just by me saying that, but his name is, his name is also Michael Barker. He is, he travels around to every single stadium. He's been to all 133 FBS stadiums. And I feel like almost every FCS stadium. I feel like, uh, you know, throughout the season, if you follow him on Twitter, which I highly recommend uh, at at CFB campus tour. He's like going to like six games a week. I feel like uh, Michael kid brewer stadium, Appalachian state football. They got a passionate fan base. I know I've been to this stadium, but I, I love this stadium. Talk to me about your experiences here and, and what you make of kid brewer. So kid brewer is one of my personal favorites. Uh, it's called the rock. I also call it uh, field of dreams. It, it feels like a stadium that's not supposed to be there. Like the movie where you got this beautiful baseball field in the cornfield. It's kind of the same feeling when you go up and boom, isolated 3,333 foot elevation is the highest elevation for any stadium west of the Mississippi River. I've been to four games there, two during the COVID year in 2020, one in 2021, and then one last year uh, for four total. Oh man. I mean, look, and, and folks, if you are a college football, may, maybe you're just, maybe you're just a college football fan, but you're used to the blue, but Hey, I'd love to go to Baton Rouge. Nothing against those stadiums. Those are all fantastic experiences, but I would highly urge you to go to kid brewer. Cause if you just Google image, like 
I'm the type of guy that sometimes I'll just Google image like Bora Bora and be like, I need to go to Bora Bora. Well, the same, the same happened with my, my trip to Appalachia state. I saw that stadium in the fall. Someone took a, a shot. I think the the university of uh, Twitter page I followed to, showed a shot of that stadium. And I was like, Whoa, I need to go there. That stadium's fantastic. Um, so folks make it a bucket list thing. I'm telling you get, get out there to Boone. And, and I, 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 I just think it's, like you said, kind of magical. It's in the middle of like a forest on a mountain. I got married like 10 minutes from this place. Perhaps I need to put my ashes on this football stadium or in that forest. But uh, uh, I mean, isn't that setting so unique? Oh, it's very unique. And and it's intimidating for road teams. The app state has a great home record there. Uh, it gets really cold in the winter. I went to the game I went to in 2020 was uh, a rainstorm against Louisiana the elements are always going to be there. And that's part of it. When they played in the FCS, they played home playoff games into mid uh, December. So it's the combination of isolation elements, intense crowd recently uh, last year, they had six of the highest uh, 10 highest attended games in their program history, their opener against North Carolina, the stadium holds 30,000. They fit 40,000 people in there. Somehow they got a 10,000 standing room only <laughs> the next week. They hosted Troy on a game day, which they won on a hail Mary. And so the, the program, we all know the first time many of us saw them on the college football landscape was knocking out Michigan in the big house. Uh, what is it? Almost 20 years ago. But since then they've continued this upward trajectory. Uh, the stadium reflects that. I mean, even when I visited for the first time in 2017, there was still a track around there. The track's been filled. There's field turf. There's an end zone suite seating area that's beautiful. And there's plans, a, a master plan with App State University, where uh, by 2025, they're going to expand the stadium even further. So uh, with six of the biggest 10 attended games last year, there's room to grow. And uh, it, all the way around, it checks every box. Like you said, it may be not uh, number one you would think of LSU and all these places, but for me, uh, it's one of my favorite destinations in the country. You got to get out to a game. And that's, what's great about college football. You know, they keep building up these stadiums This because this is as much as they're doing renovations and adding things to it. This is still kind of an old stadium, correct? Yeah. It was built in 1962. So uh, you're 61 years. We all know that real estate and, and land is at a premium on college football stadiums. Uh, you know, Alabama started out with 600 seats or 6,000 seats and it went over a hundred thousand. So that, you know, the, one of the end zones at App Brewer is open with lawn and they have the scoreboard behind there. There's potential to add there. So uh, I'm not saying the sky's the limit, but this place started out, I want to say 13,000 seats. And now we're talking about being in the 40s. So over triple on the same footprint. So there's opportunity and, and with demand, they're going to try to meet it. Oh man, I love it. Uh, you got to get out to a game. Kid Brewer Stadium, Appalachian State University, Boone, North Carolina, folks. Remember it. Uh, give Michael a follow on Twitter. I'm telling you, he'll probably be back at the stadium uh, a number of times, I would imagine, over the next couple of years because he's always going this way, that way. I'm telling you, the best 
follow on Twitter for college football. All right. I look, I know you can get your Kirk Herbstreak and no disrespect to those guys, but this guy is grinding. I don't, I don't even want to ask him how many times he slept in a car last year because he's bad. He's going Tuesday night. He's in uh, Oxford, Ohio at a Miami, Ohio game Wednesday night. He's in Boone, North Carolina. I don't even know how you get there. I don't even want to ask, but uh, give Michael a follow. And uh, look, this guy lives and breeds college football. He's on Twitter at CFB campus tour. If you're watching on YouTube, once again, youtube.com slash the college experience. Thanks for joining us, Michael, to talk app state and kid brewer. Yes, sir. Love it. Thank you, Colby. Take care, bro. All right. Wow. I mean, right there, NC Nick, I know we're, we got to get out of here, but look, I think it's like one of it's, it's probably my favorite stadium in all of college football. It's my, that I've been to is kid brewer. You've been What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we we both love the mountains and and all the activities surrounding the mountains. And I, I know there's some out west that we want to go to that we haven't been to. You know, like the ones in in Utah or Colorado. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a special place, and the whole the whole surrounding uh, area is really cool. And I recommend to everybody to watch a game there. But I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I don't even want to get the word out anymore because I think it's getting, you know, now too many people are hearing about it, you know. So I, I still want it to be. It's, for me, it's like quick three hour drive. It's easy to get to, easy to get in, easy to get out. Uh, it's a great place. So hopefully, it doesn't get get too more popular. That's true. And I know you're looking at real estate, so I understand. I understand that, uh, folks. Subscribe to the College Football Experience. All right, I cannot wait for Appalachian State to kick off the season. He's on the over. I'm on the over. Subscribe to the College Football Experience. Give him a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. And remember, subscribe. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you can hear podcasts. We've been doing this shit for years. So subscribe also on you on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Also check out the college baseball experience. Uh, you know, and, and app state, they, just, they were all right this year. There you go. And the college basketball experience, what two years ago, app state was in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they can get back there next year. We got you covered. We talk uh, college basketball, college football, college baseball year round. So check us out. Uh, all those podcasts on separate feeds. So type those in there too. get the SGPN app. It's free to download in the app store and Google play store. We do a ton of giveaways for college football and just, you'll get all of our picks, all of our podcasts, all of our content. So get that thing for free in the app store and Google play store. And uh, all right. Until uh, next time, once again, part of the 133 teams, we're still on the letter a. So to the next, to the next destination, this is the college football experience. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here.